KMTT, Kimitzion Tetzei Torah, www.kimitzion.org. And today is Thursday. Rabbi Shir by Harav Asaf Bednash, and issues in Hilchot, Hilchot Shabbat. Today we will discuss the difficult question of what to do if you arrive as a guest at someone's house for Shabbat lunch and find that they've heated up the food be'iser in violation of Hilchot Shabbat. The Shulchan Aruch teaches us in Siman Shin Yud Chet that Chazal made a knas, a penalty, on violators of Hilchot Shabbat, Hamavashel b'Shabbat, b'Meizid asur lo le'olam v'la'achirim mutar l'motzei Shabbat miyad, u'v'shogeg asur bo bayom gam l'achirim v'la'erev mutar gam lo miyad. Someone cooks on Shabbat, or violates any of the other of the 39 malachot intentionally, then they may never benefit from their act, and everyone else may only benefit after Shabbat. But on Shabbat, no one is allowed to benefit from the Chilol Shabbat. Bishogeg, if the sin was unintentional, because they made a mistake, or were not well-versed in halacha, then after Shabbat, anyone may benefit from the work, but on Shabbat, no benefit may be received from Chilol Shabbat. It would seem then that the question is real. If I arrive at someone's house only to find that the food they are serving me has been heated up in violation of the Halacha, there could potentially be a problem eating that food, and I may be forced to politely decline and say, sorry, I can't eat your food because you have violated Halchot Shabbat. Now, in many cases that come up practically, this is not necessarily a problem. The Mishnah Brura in Siman Shin Yud of Katan Bet quotes the Primigadim based on the Magen Avraham, who tells us that since this penalty, this Knas, is only a Takanad Rabbanan, it is merely Rabbinic law, we apply the rule of Suffolk Rabbanan Lakula. If we are doubtful whether this food was prepared in violation of Luchot Shabbat, then even though Lechat often when one is doubtful as to whether or not a certain act is permissible on Shabbat, one should refrain from doing it, just to be on the safe side. Bidi Avad, once the food was already cooked, or the act was already done, and now we're faced with the question of whether we're allowed to benefit from this act or not, if it may have been permissible, then we can rely on that suffix we can be makel and permit benefiting from the act. So for example, if I don't know whether the food was heated up in a permissible way or a prohibited way, then, especially in light of the fact of Cheskat Kashrut, that we assume that Jews try to keep the halacha, I can certainly eat the food. Even if perhaps the person who prepared Shabbat lunch heated up the food in such a way that violates the accepted halachic psak. Perhaps they relied, whether knowingly or inadvertently, on an opinion that's not accepted la If the act that was done has an opinion to rely on, if there is an opinion that permits this mode of warming food on Shabbat, then even if I myself might not have relied on that opinion to warm up the food in the first place, once it's already done, and there's an opinion that would say it was done permissibly, we could be so meich, we could rely on that and permit eating the food afterwards. Therefore, in many cases, there is what to rely on afterwards. For example, we paskin 
that one is only permitted to heat up hot food that was already cooked on Shabbat. So one is, we paskin, that one is only permitted to heat up solid food, rather, that was previously cooked before Shabbat. But liquids, even if they were previously cooked, we say, we say, yesh bishol achar bishol belach, it is prohibited to recook liquids, and under no circumstances can we warm up a soup or a gravy or such on Shabbat. However, since this is a machloket among the Rishonim, since there is in fact dispute as to the permissibility of reheating fully cooked liquids, if someone accidentally warmed up a fully cooked liquid, a fully cooked soup or gravy on Shabbat, then since that may or may not have been permissible to do, even though we paskin that it's usher, one can rely on the opinion that ein bishalach or bishalbalach, one can rely on the opinion that it's permitted to reheat liquid foods, bidi eved, and eat the food. Likewise, let us say someone relied on the opinion of the Ran. They had food that was on the blech Friday evening, put it in the fridge and returned to the blech Shabbat morning. Many people do not rely on that opinion and would consider it pro- would prohibit returning that food to the blech Shabbat morning. But since it does rely on the opinion of the Ran and the Ramah and many other poskim, if you go to someone's house who relied on that opinion, even if they didn't realize they were relying on this opinion, then one may eat the food because bidiyeved, after the fact, there's what to rely on. It would seem that even if someone took a chicken or a kogol out of the fridge and heated it up on the blech on Shabbat, which would seem to be in clear violation of the halacha, since there is the opinion of Ravadi Yosef, which is firmly based in a number of achronim, who says that it is permissible to take food out of the fridge and warm it up on the blech on Shabbat, even though we most certainly do not paskin like that opinion, since there is an opinion that permits it, if someone did rely on that opinion, either knowingly or out of ignorance coincidentally relied on that opinion, then once the food is warmed up, it should be permissible to eat it. But what if you arrive at someone's house only to discover that the way they heat up food on Shabbat morning is in clear violation of the halacha? For example, perhaps they put food straight on the stove without a blech. Or they put food in the oven. That is considered kirash inagrufa uktuma, an uncovered fire, and reheating foods, chazara, the kirash inagrufa uktuma, reheating foods on an uncovered fire, is clearly prohibited according to all opinions. I have personally seen many Orthodox households where, out of confusion as the details of the halachot of reheating food on Shabbat, it is mistakenly thought that it's permissible to put food into the oven to heat up Shabbat morning. Now, if you arrive in such a house and discover that there has been a vada, a certain violation of halacha, in preparing the food you're about to eat, what is one to do? So if the halacha was violated b'mezid, knowingly, then the answer is clear. One may not eat the food. And perhaps uh, this would only be one of the many halachic issues which would come up when spending time on Shabbat in the home of a, of a knowing Shabbat violator, a mechalal Shabbat b'mezid. However, the common case is that of confusion, uncertainty, ignorance. Many people, even with the yeshiva education, are thoroughly confused about the halachot of warming food on Shabbat and will unknowingly violate Shabbat <coughs> out of ignorance and heat up food, let's say, on a stove, without a blech, or in an oven, 
in a way which has clearly violated the isur of hachsara of reheating foods on Shabbat. What is one to do in such a circumstance? So at first glance, it would seem that one can be lenient, because even though the Shulchan Aruch paskind that if someone violates Shabbat bishogeg unknowingly, it is forbidden for anyone to eat that food through the rest of Shabbat, the Gra disagrees, points out that the Shulchan Aruch follows the psak of the Tana Rabbi Yehuda, but the Gra paskins in favor of Rabbi Meir, who says lo kansu shogega to mezid. Chazal never made a penalty against those who violate Shabbat out of ignorance. After all, why would they need to be penalized? Someone is ignorant, we can educate them. We don't have to forbid them from eating their food. So Rabbi Yehuda says, Kansu shogega to mezid. Chazal penalized even an unknowing Shabbat violator for fear that it would open the door to knowing violation of Shabbat, to mezid. But the Gra follows Rabbi Meir, who says, Lo kansu shogega to mezid that there is no prohibition against benefiting from Chilol Shabbat B'Shogeg, and Chazal were not worried that Chilol Shabbat B'Shogeg, which led to an enjoyable benefit, might open the door to Chilol Shabbat B'Mezid. Not only that, but the Bir Halacha, in the beginning of Siman Shin Yud Chet, points out, based on the Gra, that everyone would admit that if the Chilol Shabbat being discussed was only an Isur Drabanan, was not in violation of Torah law, but only of a rabbinic enactment, then everyone would admit, based on the Gemara in the fifth parak of Gittin, that bidrabanan lo kansu shogega to mezid. When it comes to the violation of rabbinic law, they were not so strict as to penalize someone who violated rabbinic law unknowingly, just out of fear that it might lead to purposeful violation. Since what we're dealing with here is not bishol de oraita, let us assume that any households we would enter know enough of Ilchot Shabbat that they would not actually cook raw food on Shabbat. It is merely in violation of an Isur Durabanan of Hachzara, of the prohibition Midrabanan, of reheating fully cooked food on Shabbat. Therefore, as long as it was done unknowingly, it seems that we can be lenient. However, the issue is not quite so simple. The Gemara on Shabbat of Lamed Chet Omer Aleph points out that, at least according to the opinion, which would eventually be followed by the Gra, If someone cooks on Shabbat or violates any of the other halachot of Shabbat, if it was done unknowingly, we can eat the food afterwards. But, If someone violated accidentally the prohibition of Shehiyah, that is, they left food cooking on the stove Friday night without a blech, then even if it was done inadvertently or accidentally or out of forgetfulness, it is forbidden to eat that food. Why? The Gemara says, <laughs> that most of the halachot of Shabbat are taken very seriously by the average layperson. Unlikely, the average from Balabas would end up cooking purposefully on Shabbat. So we're not exceedingly worried about a breakdown in the observance of these halachot. But when it comes to the prohibition of Shehiyah, when it comes to the Durabanan, the rabbinic enactments requiring a blech on Shabbat, in this case, people apparently did not take this prohibition as seriously. And therefore, there was a unique fear that any violation of the prohibitions of Shehiyah 
of leaving food without a blech on Shabbat would lead to widespread violation. And therefore, as the Mishnah Brura quotes from the Grah in Siman, Reish Nun Gimel, in Shar HaTzion, Sivkatan Lamed Gimel, even if we were to paskin, that when it comes to every other Isser Darabanan on Shabbat, if it was done inadvertently, unknowingly, out of ignorance, one may benefit from it. When it comes to this prohibition, the requirement to have a blech when you put food on the stove or leave food on the stove on Shabbat, since there is a unique fear that people would not take the prohibition seriously, Chazal made a unique zera. They were extra machmir in this particular case and said, even even if the violation was done unknowingly out of ignorance, it is still forbidden to eat from the food. The Gemara tells us, that apparently there was a historical period in which people did not take this prohibition seriously. They left food on without a blech in knowing violation of halacha, just claimed to have done it accidentally. Therefore, Chazal cracked down and made a unique zera that when it comes to the prohibition of Shehiyah, when it comes to the prohibition of leaving food on Shabbat without a blech, whether it was done b'mezid or b'shogeg, it is forbidden to derive benefit from that act. The poskim generally assume that if they made this unique zera about those who leave food on from Friday afternoon without a blech, then certainly this zera would also apply to those who put food on the flame Shabbat morning without a blech. And therefore, logically, we seem to have a problem. If Chazal made a unique zera in the realm of warming up food on Shabbat, that even if <coughs> the halacha was violated, bishogeg, it is still forbidden to eat the food all Shabbat long, then it should perhaps be forbidden to eat in the home of someone who heated up their food, b'isr, in violation of Hilchot Shabbat. However, two additional factors come into play. When Chazal made this unique zera, Mentioned in the Gemara Shabbat Daf Lamed Chedam and Aleph. What are the boundaries of this Gzeira? The Hagahot Ashiri asks whether Chazal prohibited only a significant large benefit that one might benefit from violation of the Shabbat or even a minor, more marginal benefit. Chazal certainly prohibited eating food that was raw, was left on the stove without a blech Friday night and cooked. One derives much benefit from that. After all, it was raw food and now it's cooked. But what if the food was already cooked, such as our case in Shabbat morning? Then the benefit you derive is that it used to be cold chicken, now it's hot chicken. It used to be cold kogel, now it is warm kogel. Chicken and kogel and many other foods can be eaten whether cold or warm. They're just more pleasant and tasty if they are warmed up. So that Gohot Hashiri says, He says, perhaps Chazal only prohibited the significant benefit of eating food that was cooked on Shabbat Be'isur, because it was left raw when Shabbat started to cook all Friday night without a blech. But if the food was already cooked, and the only benefit is the marginal benefit of having the food a little warmer than it used to be, perhaps Chazal never forbade such a small, insignificant benefit. There's another factor that may call for leniency as well. In this particular Gemara, in Shabbat Aleph, it doesn't say who is forbidden to benefit from this violation of Hilchot Shabbat. Is only the person himself who violated the Halacha forbidden? 
Or is anyone forbidden to benefit from this act? So that is a machloket among the Rishonim. The Rush interprets the Gemara later on as asking this precisely this question and claims that since we're not sure the Gemara cannot answer their question, we are therefore machmir, and we paskin, according to the Rush, that not only is the one who put the food on the stove forbidden to, derot, to eat this food, but so is everyone else. However, the Hagos Mordechai, found in the back of the standard Gemaras, after the main body of the Mordechai, which comes after the Rif, the Hagos Mordechai, paskins explicitly, then Chazal only forbade the violator himself from, benef- from benefiting from his violation. Others are permitted to eat the food. So we have two possible grounds for leniency. Number one, perhaps when Chazal made the Gzeira against eating food left on the stove Be'isra on Shabbos, they only made the Gzeira if the food cooked on Shabbat, but not if it merely warmed up. Number two, perhaps the Agot Mordechai is correct. Chazal only forbade the violator himself from benefiting, unlike the Rush who paskins that everyone is forbidden to derive benefit. How do we paskin in these issues? So it seems to be we are machmer on both questions. The Ramah in Siman Reishon Gimel in the middle of Sif Aleph paskins explicitly that if a Jew put food on the fire to warm up Shabbat morning, Bishogeg violated the Isra Vachzara even unknowingly, even though the benefit may be very slight because the food was already cooked, it is still forbidden to eat the food. And the Muggin Avraham in Siman Reishon Gimel Sif Yud Aleph paskins Vachumra Paskin strictly on the other question, it says, Since the Shulchan Aruch wrote, Stam, that it is forbidden to eat the food, it is usher to everyone. However, even though we are machmer on both of these halachic questions, and if I accidentally put food on the fire to warm up Shabbat morning in violation of halacha, I would be forbidden from eating it. And if someone else accidentally left food on Friday night to cook without a blech, everyone would be forbidden to eat it. The Magen Avraham in Sifkat and Yodalid tells us that if both of these halachic questions arise simultaneously, meaning if we have a situation where there are two grounds for leniency, number one, the benefit is very slight, which the Agot Ashiri says may not be within the rubric of Chazal's prohibition here. And number two, I'm not the person who did the Avera which would be mutter according to the Agot Mordechai, but also according to the Rush. If both of these halachic issues coincide, if the benefit is only slight, and someone else did the Avera and not me, then I am allowed to benefit from that Avera. When you have two tzadim lahakel, two grounds for leniency, then even though neither ground for leniency in and of itself is authoritative enough to rely on, when they both join together, we are allowed to be mako. Therefore, Paskin's the Mugan Avram, quoted by the Mishnah and all the later Achronin, that if the food was already cooked and someone else, Bishogeg, warmed it up on Shabbat, then I am allowed to eat the food. Because even if one ground for leniency may not be correct, between both factors, at least one of them is likely to be correct. And it is likely that either... Chazal never made Xera against deriving the small benefit of eating warm food when it was already cooked. Or even if they did, perhaps they never made Xera to forbid others to benefit from a violation of Shehiyava Isurei Shehiyava Hachzara on Shabbat. So since we have two Sveikot, two Stadim Lahakel, we can be lenient 
Because, again, maybe there was never a prohibition against deriving benefit from a mere warming up of cooked foods. And even if there was, maybe Chazal never prohibited others to derive benefit from the violation, only the violator himself. In which case, we can almost comfortably paskin lakula, because even though the person who warmed up the food may be prohibited to eat it, and perhaps, if the situation allows, I should educate them as, as much, but regardless of whether the situation allows for me to educate the host, as far as my lunch is concerned, since the benefit is very slight because the food was already cooked, and since I'm not the person who did the Avera, I am merely a guest, it should be permitted for me to eat lunch. However, the Machtzis HaShekel, which is a parish on the Magen Avram, found on the bottom of the standard edition of the Shulchan Arach, throws a monkey wrench into the equation. The Magen Avram mentions that Bnei Beito, the family of the Shabbat violator, is potentially... Worse off halachically than a stranger, than achirim mamish. The Magen Avram says, in cases where we forbid others to eat the food, we certainly forbid the family of the violator from eating the food. Why? Because they are mishinit bashel bishvilo. They were the ones the malacha is done for. And we learn in Yoridea Siman Saditet, in a parallel sugya, that ein vatlin isr lachachila. Even though if a little lard dripped into my cholent and it was less than a 60th, it would be bato and it would be permitted to eat the cholent, I'm not allowed to lechachila put lard in my cholent and then eat it through the principle of bitzel b'shishim, through the principle of nullification. And what if I put lard in my cholent in violation of the halacha? Then Chazal penalized me and I may not eat the cholent at all. But others may. And the Shulchan Aruch Paskins, that if I cook the cholent for someone else, then they're not considered an other, they're considered like me. Asr, lo ulumishinit batel bishvilo. Chazal forbade the violator from benefiting from his Avera, and they also forbade the one who it was done for from benefiting, and the logic is clear. If I can benefit from the Avera, then I might come to repeat it. And if I cooked it for someone else, and they can benefit from the Avera, then I also might come to repeat the Avera. Because if my goal was to serve the food to someone else, and they are allowed to eat it, then I will have no disincentive to prevent me from violating the halacha again. If so, concludes the Machzid HaShekel, even the Hagot Mordechai, who permitted Acherim, who permitted others to eat this food, which was warmed up, Be'iser, would admit that the people who it was warmed up for, the family and invited guests, the ones who that the host had in mind when the host prepared lunch, are forbidden to eat from this food. Because Misha, Nasa, Bishvilo, the person who the Malacha was done for, has the same halachic status as the person who did the Avera, and is not, cannot take advantage of the leniencies available to strangers. If so, according to the Machzid HaShekel, the Psach comes out, Lechumra. According to the Machzid HaShekel, if you are a surprise guest, then there's, one is allowed to eat lunch. But if you are an invited guest, then since you are the one the Malacha was done for, you are considered like the violator, him or herself, and therefore, you cannot eat the food that was heated up by Isr Shabbat morning. What can you do then according to the Machzad HaShekel? Well, if the food was heated up in a manner which at least has some opinion to rely on, which some would permit, then Bidiyeved, after the fact, you can rely on that opinion. But if it was heated up in a fashion which is a clear violation of Elchot Shabbat, you cannot eat the food. However, it seems that if you waited till the food cooled off, you would be allowed to eat it, 
for reasons which time does not allow us to delve into now, but certainly common sense would tell us that if the food cooled off, there is no longer any benefit received from the Avera, because it's back exactly where it started. And once the food cools off and hits room temperature, if you can stall that long, you would be allowed to eat it. However, I'm not certain that the Machzara Shekel is correct about this. And that is because if one opens up the Hagot Mordechai and reads the text inside, he tells you the logic as to why he is Mekel, why he allows others to eat this food that was heated up at Isser on Shabbat. He brings in the Talmudic principle of Ein Adam Chotei Vilo Lo. The Gemara tells us in quite a few places that the assumption is that a Jew will not do a sin if he derives no personal benefit. I might, after all, we all have our Yetzir Hara. I might violate the Halacha and do an Aveira for the sake of my own benefit. But I'm not your Shabbos guy. I'm not going to do an Aveira merely to benefit someone else. That is a principle of Jewish psychology, which Chazal determined. If so, says the Hagot Mordechai, there was no need for Chazal to penalize others. There was no need for Chazal to make Xerah forbidding others to derive benefit from this violation of Luchot Shabbat. Because as long as Chazal forbade the violator himself from eating the food, then if he can't eat the food, next time he won't violate Hilchot Shabbat at all. When he learns the halacha, he will not violate Hilchot Shabbat. Because he won't be able to eat the food in the end. And it's not worth violating the halacha just for the sake of feeding others. Because ain't adam chotei v'lo lo. The base Yosef in Yeridea Simen Sadi Tet brings up this principle. says, if we have a principle of Ein Adam Chotei Lo, a person would not sin for others, then why in Yeridea Siman Saditet did Chazal forbid the one who the Avir was done for from deriving benefit? What were they afraid of? We don't think that people will end up violating Halacha on a regular basis for the sake of others. So why do we need to forbid others from deriving benefit, even the ones who it was done for? And Ayin Sham, the Beis Yosef there, suggests one or two reasons why in that particular case the principle of Ein Adam Chotev Lo would not apply. But the principle of the Beis Yosef is clear. If the rule of Ein Adam Chotev Lo applies, then we permit anyone else, even the intended beneficiary of the act, to derive benefit from this Aveira. Because the rule of Ein Adam Chotev Lo when it applies, tells us that Chazal did not feel it necessary to make Xera against anyone else deriving benefit, except for the violator himself. Because they assumed that in the long run, no one would end up making a habit of violating Shabbat for the sake of someone else, even someone else whom they care enough to prepare a meal for. If so, then based on this base Yosef, I think we might have to disagree with the Machzid HaShekel. Since the whole reason, the Kula of allowing Achirim, allowing others to eat the food, was based on the Hagot Mordechai. That maybe Chazal made a against eating food that had already been previously cooked or not. And even if they did, maybe that Hagot Mordechai is correct, who permits others to eat. If the reason the Hagot Mordechai himself gives for permitting others to eat the food is Ein Adam Chotei Lo, then logically we're forced to disagree with the Machzad HaShekel. Logically we're forced to conclude that the Hagot Mordechai did not only permit strangers to eat the food, he permitted the people whom it was cooked for to eat the food as well. Because the principle of Ein Adam Chotei Lo means that no one would ever violate the Halacha knowingly in the long run for the sake of someone else, even a guest or even a family member. If so, 
that I'm not sure how to explain why the Machzad HaShekel did not come to this conclusion, but there's a strong logic to disagree with the Machzad HaShekel and to conclude that the Agot Mordechai permitted this food to all others, even those whom it was prepared for. And therefore, in cases of necessity, when one doesn't want to insult the hosts and it is not the right setting to educate them and the only polite option left is to eat the food, I think there's room to disagree with the Machzad HaShekel and permit eating the food, even if it was heated in a way which is a 100% clear violation of Hilchot Shabbat, even if the food was prepared for you, so long as the person who heated up the food did not knowingly violate Hilchot Shabbat, but acted out of ignorance and confusion and insensitivity to the finer nuances of the halacha, that is, the food was heated up as shogeg, one can rely on the Hagot Mordechai, Einadam Chotei Velo and assume that when this person learns Hilchot Shabbat, they will not have any temptation to heat up food for others, even invited guests. And therefore, Chazal were not afraid in the long run that they would come to violate Shabbat knowingly for the sake of guests. And Chazal never made exera, never forbade guests from eating this food. And if I were in that situation, I would politely eat the food and wait for the proper opportunity to educate the hosts about Hilchot Shabbat to ensure that in the future things will be done in and not merely permitted to the event.